Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 46. My name is Elvis Dahl. My name's Barbara Wojan. I went running this morning, yeah. and my water bottle froze. Nice. Yeah, that's the first time it's ever happened. I wouldn't think in that weather you'd need a water bottle. Well, but, you know, okay. you, you just gotta go, you got to get out there prepared. You got to be careful. <laughs> well, we have some exciting things happening at Voices from the Bench. Yay. We are excited, honored, and pleased to announce that we have a new sponsor for our show. Now, this is something that Barb and I have been talking about for months. With the expense of running the podcast, travels to Voices of Dentistry, getting ready for Lab Day, and of course April's DLAT meeting, we felt it was time. We didn't want just anyone to sponsor us. We wanted to partner up with a company that felt as passionate about our industry as Barb and I do. And as passionate about our podcast and who's big, huge fan all along, supporting us and letting us know that uh, he enjoys our podcast and he listens to him on the way to his workouts. And uh, he's been really, really uh, supportive. So we wanted to choose a company that is going to promote the growth and success that will allow our industry to thrive for years to come. Not a company that caters to taking business and money away from laboratories, but a company that gives money regularly to educate and promote our industry. We welcome... Noak Dental Supplies to the Voices from the Bench family. Yay! With their support, Barb and I hope to get the podcast to many new listeners and places. We thank you, Noak Dental Supplies. Thank you. We continue our conversation from last week with the denture man, James Angeloni. Last week, we heard about how he got here. This week, we pick his brain about impression materials, acrylics, and fixed hybrid cases. Everything a technician working alongside a prosthodontist would know. So join us again as we talk with the Denture Man. Roll it. Noak Dental Supplies is celebrating its 75th year of servicing the dental laboratory industry. Coming to Chicago this year? Visit Noak Dental Supplies at both Cal Lab and Lab Day. Noak Dental Supplies will be in the main ballroom for Cal Lab, and then catch Noak Dental Supplies again at Lab Day in the Armin Gearbach Ballroom, and also visit their booth B47, bingo, in the main exhibit hall. They will have new product offerings and a ton of specials to take advantage of. Stop by and get a special birthday present for their 75th year. And if you see Sean Noak, make sure you let him know he doesn't look a day over 70. And don't forget to stop by their booth and tell them that you heard them here on Voices from the Bench or visit them at noakdental.com. Voices from the Bench. The interview. Things are changing pretty fast in dentistry these days. Wow. We originally talked about you coming on. Mm -hmm. My thought was even... Myself, someone who's in a lab mm-hmm. all the time, I get questions about, hey, I need to take an impression. What do you want me to use? Yes. I don't know what to tell them. The only thing I know is medium body around an implant and heavy body everywhere else is what I've always been told. Um, which is true. So the things with impression materials today, the, the, the difference in viscosities from 
extra light all the way to a putty and there's everything in between now the, mm -hmm. the lighter you get with your impression material the lower viscosity you get hmm. like the, the lv or the super light body you actually get more detail while the heavier you get the less detail you get so if you could kind of think of like the lab putty you just slap it down on some teeth yep. you don't get detail mm -hmm. but if you take light body and you just put it on a teeth even though it runs everywhere it it picks up everything <laughs> So what I always tell them is go ahead and load up the trays with medium body and do light body or extra light around the, the prep or the implant. And that will show the really good detail where we need it. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to load the whole tray up with a low viscosity material and just watch it go down the patient's throat. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a happy medium yeah. of what impression material at that, at that time. So you say light body still works around like impression coping? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I would say yeah, even a prep or any implant, if you go with light, the detail around there would be a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. The lower viscosity material, it will definitely show up more detail, and that goes with all manufacturers. Well, there you go, Elvis. Now you know what to say. Yeah, I do know <laughs> what to say now. <laughs> so I know there's different types of impression material. Right. Polyether. I mean, we already mentioned alginate, and I know there's another one, isn't there? Yeah, there's a polyether and there's a um, PVS, polyvinyl siloxane, yeah. which is probably the most common in dentistry is the polyvinyl siloxane. But the polyether, would actually the polyethers, you get, they're a lot more hydrophilic. Like the emperor gum, or what I use a lot is the idenium from Kettenbach, which is like um, emperor gum. Mm -hmm. Now the thing, the thing with the emperor gum is the shore hardness on the emperor gum is very, very up there. Uh, the shore hardness. So when we actually pour the models up and we try to take the models out of the impression, it, we notice like sometimes we actually break the teeth out of the, the models mm -hmm. because the impression material is oh, so yeah, yeah. hard. But the polyether, like emperor gum or idenium, it does like moisture and it does like minor like a little bit of blood or spit it's fine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while like the blood or the spit will mess up the piney bottom or siloxane impression materials so that and that's a, the reason why we use a lot of the idenium because it's the polyether yep another thing with the um, polyether impressions like the emperor gum or the idenium you have to watch out especially with emperor gum emperor gum you really want to wait six hours to pour up that model because of the fact that the emperor gum will actually express gases for six hours after the impression has been taken. And what actually happens to our models, it comes out like almost like bubbling. Like you can actually see where the gases were trying to like infiltrate our stone while it was curing. And it made it all like bubbly and, and very brittle. And that's what's polyether. That's the, yeah, the polyether. So, mm -hmm. so that's, it's a, it's a six hour pour up Interesting. with those. So, but a six-hour wait. Yeah, six-hour wait. Compared to like an alginate where they always say you got to do it in like 30 seconds or it's going to explode. <laughs> well, the alginates, yeah, you have a 30-minute window. Yeah. You have a 30-minute window from yeah. the second that things come out of the patient's mouth to pour it up. But then if, uh, with like denture impressions, which we do a ton of, Prosthodontist and myself, we actually use rubber base like they used to use in the old school. And the rubber base for denture impressions is absolutely the best impression material out there because you can get rubber base. I'm saying stupid thin, like, and it will not show through the tray. Mm. So it's very mucostatic and hydrophilic. So it will like the moisture, 
But the mucostatic is when we, we put that impression in the patient's mouth and actually start muscle trimming it, it'll actually go and stay where we put it instead of like slumping down like, like a PBS would. But with the rubber base, you actually have a, a six hour window to pour it up. So just like the emperor gum, you have a, you have a wait time. You, you have a, sure. let's hit this impression pretty fast with rubber base. You really want to pour it up within six hours before it starts mm-hmm. distorting itself too. I mean, it's not going to distort itself with a denture. It's not going to fit, but you know, the uh, manufacturer says six hours. Is that the material you choose when you're doing edentulous patients? Yes. Um, edentulous and relines will actually use uh, rubber base and we use Coflex from GC America. And we'll actually okay. use fast set in the summertime and regular set in the wintertime just because of the heat and the ops and you know the outside. The setting times would actually like be too fast with uh the fast material in the summer. You don't have central air. Well, we do, we do, but you know, I have a big head and I have a lot of hot air coming out of it. So (laughs) I've got a question. You're talking about uh, blood and spit, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in the mouth and you're doing conversions, not necessarily in the mouth when the doctor's in the mouth and you're right Mm -hmm. there next to him. How long did it take you to get used to that environment with all of the blood and the surgery and you know, is that the part that you do like? (laughs) Is that the part you don't like? And then, and then also, you know, tell me what can go wrong. You know, like if you're in surgery and, you know, tell me a little bit about the good and the bad. So I'll start with how do you get used to it? Because there's pictures on Facebook, you know, and I, I've been a dental technician for a long time, but I just, I have a real hard time with some of those photographs. <laughs> uh, I'll send you some. <laughs> so uh, that was my very first conversion when we were talking about years ago when I was doing it with Tomen. And we sat down with the periodontist. We sat down with the dentist and we were like, okay, this is what's going to happen. That was the first time that I've ever seen dental surgery. So at the yeah. free clinic, it was just dentures. We, I've never, pus, blood, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Never seen that. So we get to the first surgery and it's go time, you know? So yeah. my first one was actually a double, you know, we did an upper and lower in one hit. Oh geez. For your first time. First time. And the patient um, had all of her teeth. So, and she just had a uh, really bad periodontal disease. So she had some, you know, class three and class four mobility on her teeth. So they came out pretty easy, but the infection, the pus and everything else that came out with it. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I was like kind of behind the dentist. I'm like, this is, this is too much. So, <laughs> so you didn't fall over. I would have been <laughs> on the floor over. at that point. Literally. But it's kind of like, at that time, like, what am I doing? This is, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this, this is. That, that took a, a second to get used to, yeah. but now uh, that's my favorite part because, you know, with the all on four and you were saying something that, you know, what can go wrong? Uh, the biggest thing that go wrong in these cases is not enough reduction. <laughs> and we see that in oh, every yeah. single lab is about the reduction. So now when it's time for the reduction and most of the techs are back, you know, setting up their areas, uh, myself and the prosthodontist are very in there in the operatory making sure the reduction we need happens Hmm. Uh, because we all know that's the biggest (laughs) hurdle that we could face with these cases. Wow. How much vertical clearance do you try to get? Oh, uh, we get 15. Oh, there's no question, huh? There's no, yeah, we get 15, but what all this, you know, all the lectures and the studies out there, we say, you know, we need 15 mils of restorative space. That is after healing. Hmm. You know, um, we try for the 15 millimeters of restored space 
during the day of surgery. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when they close that tissue, the tissue could actually be anywhere from two millimeters to four millimeters thick Yep. Um, with the scar tissue and everything else. <laughs> so a lot of the surgeons and the periodontists, they understand that we need to reduce and we need to flatten the bone. But the, the owners, they understand is that we lose space through the tissue. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll lose a good amount of space. And we hate having the patients go back to the periodontist just to get a little tissue smoothed out for us. Yeah. In my head, I was thinking it would resorb. And so in my, I was thinking you were going to say there's always a little more. So maybe that's my ignorance. But so it's really the opposite. Yeah, the tissue and bone will remodel and tighten up. But the bone, the crest of the bone would pretty much stay where we had the all in four shelf day of mm -hmm. surgery. Mm -hmm. Around the bone will kind of smooth out. Um, and that's where we get our remodeling and that's where the tissue tightens up. That is cool. Uh, but after all the remodeling, if you would take a perio probe and just put it right through a patient's gums, mm -hmm. it'll be a minimum of two millimeters thick of tissue all the way up to four. So that's amazing. Actually lecture to oral surgeons. We actually say, you know, we need you guys doing a better job with the suturing. Um, you know, the, 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 oh, yeah. the periodontist suture, like it's, you know, like it's their job. But the periodontists have a heart issue of removing the bone. So, but they're really good with the tissue. So we we would just love if there was a periodontist oral surgeon. That's interesting you say that. That would be your <laughs> ideal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be an animal with a bone, but when yeah. it comes down to tissue, it's that's the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So either you're a seamstress or a bone hacker. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. Oh, I'll send you pictures. <laughs> you can send send them to Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> My favorites on Facebook is a dental video, but to click it, you have to go past the warning that it might contain graphic images, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Those are always my favorite. I'm like, oh, oh I'll see what yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for answering my questions. Oh, no worries. So what acrylics do you use? What what teeth do you use? What are your favorites? Now, that is a, a great topic. So acrylics in the de in the dental field are um, are plentiful. So we have poor acrylic, which is not poor as in like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's cheap. <laughs> um, then we have pack acrylic yeah. and injectable acrylics and self-cure acrylics. Well, different acrylics actually have different porosities in the acrylic itself. Their poor acrylics yep. will have the most porosity in the acrylic. But if you go all the way to the other spectrum of injectable acrylic, and the acrylic I use is the Ivo base from Ivo Clark. Um, okay. The Ivo base actually has the least amount of porosity. And this is why I spent the big dollar to get the Ivo base machine. Because in a complete denture, if the patient starts building up a yeast infection, hmm. also known as denture stomatitis with the candida that builds up, we could just tell the patient to take the denture out, soak it in a little bit of diluted bleach, or even put it in the microwave to kill the candida. And they'll just need a nice reline and the tissue will come back to a nice healthy state. But when we start fixing these dentures in patients' mouths, like the conversion with the all on floor pro arch cases, we can't take the prosthesis out to clean it. Yeah. About seven years ago, I did my own little personal study and my stepfather's brother is a microbiologist. So I asked him to kind of educate me on microbiology. And what he says is what you want to test for in the mouth are these certain things. And he actually sent me Petri dishes and every supply to actually test the dentures. So what I did is I made a conversion out of poor acrylic. I made a conversion out of press pack acrylic 
and then I made a denture out of Ivobase. We converted all three of those dentures, and then after the healing time, our prosthodontist took off the dentures, I swabbed them, put them in the Petri dishes, and let them cook. It took about seven days to cook the bacteria, mm. and you could actually see the differences and how much candida was building up on each different prosthesis. Poor being the poorest. Poor being the poorest, yes. And um, yeah. And when I saw my own personal results of the, the Ivo base being so superior to the other ones, I said, this is an easy easy answer to the question. I'm going to make every on for every denture with the Ivo base. So mm-hmm. that's the question of what acrylic I use. Um, I just use the top of the line Ivo base for those cases. Sure. I have heard uh, good things about Ivo base as well. It, it, it's, it's an outstanding, it's a little pricey to come in and you have to be meticulous when you flask it. There's really no room for error, mm-hmm. but when it goes well, it, it goes really well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's what we do here. What about microwaving? I always hear about microwave dentures. Did uh, did you do those? No, uh, I microwaved probably two dentures, and I did that many years ago. I was going to say, where did you pull that out of, Elvis? I've never heard yeah. of that. <laughs> I see it all the time online. What? People are talking about microwave dentures. I swear. Oh, yeah. it, it's actually, uh, it, it, last two years, it's came back pretty hot and heavy with the GC America microwave acrylic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of my buddies out there that are having great success with them. I just don't do it because I invested heavily in the Ivo base system. Sure. Also, when I did the two cases that I microwaved, they were kind of like a beta test for the flask. And the flasks yeah. at that time were the plastic screws, and uh, they just weren't holding up to the abuse. Yeah, I can imagine. You can't really microwave metal. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, denture teeth is a, a, another great topic. Yeah. And this is another topic where I, I, you know, I tell all the technicians out there is that the patients are paying a ton of money for these all on fours, you know, anywhere from 20 to $30,000 per arch. Sure. And the teeth have a lot to do with it because different teeth have different wear factors on them. So if we would go back to my original days and I slap some Medicaid teeth in a, a bar case, the patient would actually wear through those teeth prematurely mm-hmm. and we'd have to replace those teeth while on the other spectrum, the teeth that I use are primarily from Ivoclar. I like to use uh, the Fernaris teeth on those hybrids because of the fact that the wear resistant on their posterior teeth are, is ridiculous. Yeah. Interiors, that's where the Fernaris is kind of lacking. I like to use the blue line on my interiors because I do get a better selection and it still has a nice aesthetic quality to them. Yeah, they're beautiful teeth. Yeah. And, it, and it's pretty much that you have a, you know, you have a ton of molds to pick from. Wow, like, I mean, the, the yeah. Fenarises are beautiful, but you only have, like, uh, you know, 12 different choices. I've got a question. It's not a material <laughs> question, though. So I, I know um, something um, we were curious about. We had a couple podcasts ago, um, we interviewed Denturis, and I was just curious if you've thought about it. Oh, I thought about it heavily as much as I actually talked to Todd at the college mm-hmm. and yeah. actually, actually a couple years even applied to be a Denturist. The thing with, I'm not going to leave Ohio because I think even Jeremiah is actually thinking about leaving Florida to become a denturist. Yep. Oh, yeah. With where I'm at right now with my prosthodontist, uh, it, it's not feasible for me to like shut the shop down and go somewhere else to become a denturist. Yeah. I will wait until Ohio becomes a state and then, then I'll jump on it heavily. Do you know if Ohio is fighting for it? Oh, yeah. We're fighting cool. for it. Yeah. Good. So obviously you're into a little bit of politics too, which I love. 
you know, I'm all for uh, changing laws and upgrading and and all of that. So that's good. I I like to hear that. And I haven't even talked to dentists about this, you know, the denturists. And they're like, this is crap. You know, I went to, you know, college for eight years to become a dentist and you guys are going to take this from us. And I said, you know, no, you guys can still make dentures. You know, the denturist is just a guy that makes dentures. But, you know, a regular general dentist will only make one or two arches a year. And how can you really get proficient in processes and dentures if you're only doing a couple of years? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them don't even want to do it. <laughs> no, no. And that's why I had to prosthodontist. I mean, we do a ton. That's the issue with a general dentist. They don't want to lose it, but they also don't want to go to the heavy education of denture manufacturing anymore because they don't even set teeth chair side anymore, face bow, any of that good stuff that we do. Yeah. Um, and that, even though they're, they're taught that in school, once they get out of school, they're like, just slap an algae impression and give a, a mush bite. Let's make yeah. sure. No oh yeah. 0.001% has a face bow. Right. And that's when I actually started out. And um, one of my good buddies is actually an instructor at the Dawson Academy. Oh wow. And what he actually did was taught me a lot about the, um, the TMJ, the, the importance of face bow, the importance of a high end articulator. And, once I learned that, I've never had a, a cheaper articulator than a Stratus. I don't have any clamshell articulators. All the articulators I have are all fully adjustable. Mm-hmm. Every case that we do, even if it's a single crown, will either get face bowed or a coist facial analyzer. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's how I talk to the dentist. I go, I can mount a case upside down and backwards on an articulator. Does it make a difference? If you don't give me a, a, a proper yep. uh, face bow mount or a coist, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's all yep. arbitrarily. I agree. So, James, what lies ahead? I mean, you're, you can't sit around and wait for Ohio to get its act together. No, um, right now, myself and my prosthodontist are having a great time in dentistry. So, right now, I'm going to be sticking here. Yep. Um, recently, I was picked up as an independent contractor for a company called InSequence. Oh, yeah. Good um, for you. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually the chairside support service for Greater Cleveland for in-sequence. So if a dentist wants to do an in-sequence case and needs chairside assistance, they check a little box and the big hairy man shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's kind of new. Education with Strauman, they're pushing for more uh, education. So uh, we'll be doing more of that with Strauman coming up in the next couple of years. I'm really loving life where I'm at. I kind of think I'm I'm up there uh, on the food chain of removable technicians. Oh yeah, it truly is. Like right now, my prosthodontist he's he's been a pros for. Hold on a second, how long have you been a prosthodontist for? Nineteen eighty nine. He's been a prosthodontist since nineteen eighty nine. So his experience is, is second to none. So he's at the top of his career. You know, I'm I'm in the middle of my career and. Both of them, it's, just, it's a really good fit. Mm-hmm. And we're really doing some outstanding dentistry. So are you going to be in Chicago 2019? Absolutely. So that was one of my um, traditions that I've always had with my stepfather is every year we always went to midwinter and sure. we went to LMT. So usually on Friday, uh, we will be hitting the McCormick Center because I do like the clinical side also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hit the clinical side on Friday and then Saturday we'll actually go to the um, lab day. Yeah. Excellent. Are you speaking? Uh, last year I spoke. This year it was just too hectic. So I'm not, I'm not doing anything this year. Just... Well, at least you can enjoy the show then. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when you guys lecture, uh, who who does your um, photography? Does Do you both like to do photography? 
Well, both of us are very heavily into photography. That's actually another funny point is with the photography, when my stepfather uh, purchased my first camera because, you know, these big high-end cameras cost a ton of money. Yeah. Sure. He actually said, if you know, if you want to get heavy on the lecture circuit, you got to do more photography. So I said, okay. The thing was being, you know, Marine for so long, he gave me this really high-end camera. I didn't barely know how to turn the damn thing on. <laughs> so I kind of felt stupid. And actually, I signed up for the community college and did the photography program. Mm-hmm. That actually catapulted the career even more because it's so hard to lecture without a visual on you know behind you. Sure. Um, that actually catapulted the career because the, the photography, even going to community college to learn how to use this damn thing, the photos started becoming so great that it became one of my hobbies is photography. Mm. Cool. Yeah. When you were talking about the the pictures you were going to send me, I, was, I thought to myself, you know what? I bet he's a, a really sharp photographer. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I do love it. I do love it. Cool. Sometime you'll have to teach me what f-stop is. I get so confused. <laughs> it's the focal length of like how I, much is in focus. <laughs> you're talking a foreign language to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say all the photos were taken with my iPhone and I could just be like, right on. I'll just get the new 10. Well, actually, uh, I do a lot of videos for the DTG site and some of the Dentura sites. And all the videos that I do are actually taken on the iPad. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. So if you see see the big hairy man doing uh, a video, it's, it's on an iPad. iPad, there you go. Well, I appreciate it, James. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us about your story and sharing some knowledge that you've picked up over the years. I don't think we've barely scratched the surface, honestly. We can keep going if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll have you back on sometime. How's that? Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, maybe we can do a, uh, a dual interview with you and um, your doctor that I can't pronounce his name. That would be fun. because I know he's sitting there listening. I bet you he's just like chomping at the bit to say something. Oh, Dr. DeLibrado, actually, he's looking through pans right now because I probably messed something up. Well, if it's like any other prosthodontist, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's a different breed in his own. Yeah. Sounds like you found someone that appreciates the laboratory side, which is rare sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we didn't rag on him too much. So, you know, we I actually really do respect that level. And you you guys are amazing. We have to rag on you a little bit because it's just how it goes. So, sorry. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Wait until we do a combo with them. They will really dig in deep. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. We uh, thank you for your time. Yeah. Hey, Barb and Elvis, thanks for having me. I really appreciate awesome. it. I've been a long time listener. So, no, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Yep. Have a great Bye. day. You too. A big thanks to James. If you're coming to Lab Day in Chicago in less than two weeks and you see a big bearded guy walking around, make sure you mention that you heard him on Voices from the Bench. I'm sure he'll get a kick out of it. And he was a very popular guest. Very popular. I also wanted to thank Jason Kaiser from Kettenbach for introducing us to James. Jason reached out to us about the podcast, and I asked if he would be interested in coming on to talk about impression materials. You know, since Kettenbach is a company that makes impression materials. But he said he had someone better. Thus, we got the Denture Man. Thanks again, Jason and James. Thanks, guys. I can't stress enough how important it is for a technician to learn the clinical side to become a better technician, especially on the removable side.
Speaking of LMT Lab Day in Chicago, we are excited to be set up to record with so many great potential guests just walking around. Stop by our booth and say hi. If no one is sitting and you want to be on the show, please feel free to sit down and we can chat. If you see us recording and can't find the time to sit down with us, send us an email and we'll contact you later to set up an interview. And if you haven't already looked into signing up for the CalLab meeting, one of the best business management meetings of the year. Barb, you're on the board, right? Yep. And I'm there every year. It's going to be a great meeting this year. Great content, great meeting, great networking, great people, nothing like it. 100 years old, just about. So head over to callab.org. That's C-A-L-L-A-B.org to see the great lineup of speakers. I'm super excited for Frank Spear. And know that you can register even at the meeting on Thursday, February 21st. See you there. Yep, show up. Again, a big thanks to Noek Dental Supplies for their support and sponsorship of the show. And congrats on your 75 years, guys. That's awesome. We're in, uh, I'm around 46, I think. That's amazing. That shows, uh, I think his dad founded it, obviously. He's second generation. That's pretty cool. And coming from um, myself and my company, they have great prices. So check them out. Very competitive, and they beat most of the other vendors I work with. Be sure to come see us and them in two weeks at LMT Lab Day Chicago. And be sure to come back next week as we get back into the roundtable episode. Thank you, NOAC Dental Supplies. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> I'm going <clears> to <throat> hit puberty here. <laughs>